Hello everyone and welcome to part 4 of our National Premier League Football Queensland Premier League Season Preview Specials. We've covered the NPL men's, we've covered the NPL women's, and now we're going to go into the Football Queensland Premier League first and second divisions. It's James Scott and Adam here with you on this Wednesday evening with the season kickoff imminent. Adam, look, I've asked you this on every episode so far. Are you excited to get some more football back? Yeah, look, it's be good to see that the uh, the remaining competitions will get underway in the next couple of weeks, and then we can feel like yo know, football season's here on the local scene. And Scott, I know how you're going to answer this, but I'm going to ask you anyway: Is there a such thing as too much football? Uh, no, absolutely not. Uh, yes, so if you are tuning in for the first time, we are the Brisbane Football Review. James, Scott, and Adam, three guys who just really, really, really like watching football, pretty much. Uh, you may recognise my voice from some of the National Premier Leagues and FQPL commentary streams. I had the pleasure of doing the grand final last year where Logan Lightning were crowned FQPL Premiers and Champions, and they were promoted to the NPL this uh, for the 2021 season. There's a whole lot to look forward to in the second and third divisions of Queensland men's football coming up and before we do anything uh running through the season preview we'll just quickly run through our usual plugs email brisbane football review at gmail.com any comments questions feedback always welcome it on our email brisbane football review at gmail.com facebook is the raw review we're still working on changing that to brisbane football review i'm sure after five years they'll actually start listening to our requests they've been a bit busy Twitter. lately to be fair with all sorts of stuff going on Maybe they've maybe they're done with all that stuff. They might be able to get around to answering our request. That's it. Uh, Twitter at BNE Football. You can find live coverage of every Brisbane Raw senior match, men's and women's, as well as selected coverage of NPL and FQPL fixtures every weekend. And most importantly, we've also got our NPL Sunday night show hosted by Scott with Adam in as the very very special guest every week. And. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Our week, that's going to be our weekly recap of the goings-on in the local Football Queensland competitions. And also because I am a commentator, it's always a good time to remind everybody to uh, subscribe to NPL TV, where you can find all the matches streamed there as well, and some of which I'll be talking to you for two hours straight in. So There's a good luck with that. There's a ladies and gentlemen. That's, it's all yeah. good. Yeah. And also as well, before we get involved as well, a big shout-out to everyone in the Southeast Queensland uh, Facebook page uh, community, which we post uh, the Sunday night show and this preview on. So if you don't know who we are, g'day. Yes. And if you know who we are, or at least you know who I am, I'm very, very sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, we're very, very sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know. I saw Scott jumping out of the screen on the uh, Skype call we're doing this on, and I was like, ah, I'd better lead with the chin there. I meant in general for the three of us, not just you. Yeah. Definitely. All right, so... Uh, if you've listened to our NPL men's and women's preview specials, we're going to do this mostly the same way, I think, as how we did those. But we are going to probably change it up a little bit because we've only got 
so much information available on these clubs. We should also say as well, big thanks to everybody who has participated in our interviews, not just for the FQPL special, but also the NPL men's and women's previews as well. We really do appreciate any and all support we get from the clubs and from Football Queensland helping us put these together. And it's a great chance to feature what I think is the best, most entertaining local uh, state competition in all of Australia. And that does include you down in uh, that bottom corner state. Hey, they agree. They get all the talent from around here. So, of course, they agree. Yeah, of course. That's another shot uh, for just, the season. Just... We're going to add all these up. Just well, and maybe if you keep adding them up, you might finally uh, catch up to the number of players that they've <laughs> recruited and tried to call us homegrown. Okay, so there goes my planned trip to Melbourne later. Yeah, in now the... you're in the doghouse, just like I am. Okay, so let's see: Wellington, Perth, Melbourne. Oh God, I'm going to have to go to Sydney, aren't I? Nope, guess not. Anyway, no. uh, if you are tuning in for the first just, time, just go north uh, from where you are, James. That's where all the good stuff is. Works for me. All right, so let's get into it. We're going to run through, first of all, the FQPL1 clubs in alphabetical order. And we're going to lead off with Brisbane City. I never thought I would be talking about Brisbane City being in the FQPL, but they were relegated after finishing on the bottom of the NPL ladder last year in what was a insanely just unique and marathon-length COVID-delayed year. I think it's the correct thing, and... I suppose a big takeaway from this, Adam, is City sound like they're only planning on being involved in the NPL um, in the FQPL competition for one season based on their recruitment, right? Yeah, and look, and they and look, they are a flagship club um, of local football, whether whether you like them or not. Um, and yeah, look, the, the squad that they've assembled, there really is not many excuses on you know on you know, not not rebounding, getting back to uh, NPL. I'm not I'm not saying it's a a divine right to be there, but um, certainly it would. It's a, it was a very, very disappointing season for um, Brisbane City since they came out of the um, the shutdown of the league after after the pandemic, and um, and yeah, but they have assembled they have assembled you know a very, very good team which you know would would almost rival uh, a number of squads that are actually in the top division. So I, I'm not sure if it is. Um, like I said if you know, they're going to you know, you know be as dominant as what you know on paper, but definitely um, but definitely I think they they be considered one of the leading chances in FQPL this season. And it is going to be a very uh, tight contest this season, Scott, as well, with just the one promotion spot on offer. And it does seem like City have done their best to leave nothing to chance, despite the fact that. I, I do think it is going to be a very tight race among a few clubs for promotion. City obviously would be considered the favourite to go up, but as Adam can attest from his uh, Saturday activities with the horse racing, the favourite doesn't always get up, right, Scott? Absolutely, the favourite doesn't always get up. And look, Brisbane City, you're right, we never expected to be talking about them in this context in the FQPL, but they're here now. All the chickens came home to roost last year. The mistakes that they've made over the last few years had all finally caught up with them, and you're right, they have shown the serious ambition of a side who don't want to be around the FQPL scene for very long, but there's some serious challenges to them here. It's not going to be like Peninsula Power in the first year of the FQPL. Everyone knew they were going to go up, promoted as probably Premiers and Champions, which they ended up doing. It's not going to be like that. There's there's other really good teams in this competition who can and possibly will be able to beat them on any given day. So, yes, they probably will start favourites, and they've done some really solid recruiters we might talk about in a minute, James, but 
they are not a sure thing to get promoted by any stretch of the imagination. And and I and I would hope that that's the way Brisbane City view it. Yes, they've shown some real ambition to improve their squad, which needed to happen. Let's be honest. But even with that improvement, it's no sure thing that it ends up being successful ultimately. As much as they would hope it will be, it's no guarantee. We did mention um, on the Sunday show, and they actually, uh, they were actually we did cop a comment um, sort of in our socials about that. And I just want to sort of clear the air on that. That basic that what we're saying is that that not that we think that City will break the records of Peninsula Power, but I, on paper they probably have got a squad that's capable of that. But that doesn't mean to say it will happen. Um, look, I think that I think the achievements of Peninsula Power did in the inaugural FQPL season. I don't think they'll be matched. I think, I think everyone knew that how good potential power was. Um, but then I, I, I agree absolutely with Scott that you now this is not a foregone conclusion, despite what some people around the traps have said. And that's um, comments have been made that you know City are almost unbackable favourites. Look, they get it. They are going to go in as favourites, but I don't think they're by all means infallible. I think the only thing, the only thing that City go in as um, unbackable favourites for is best pizza in all the local competitions because if you get out to corporate travel management stadium, have a pizza. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't think they will be breaking any FQPL records. To be honest with you, I don't think they will. I look at that Peninsula Power side from three years ago. That's basically the team which just won the premiership last year in the NPL men's. Give or take a couple of changes here or there, the core of it was basically the same. So I don't think that Brisbane City will be breaking any records. But I think they're going to be right there in the hunt for some silverware at the business end of the season, no doubt about that. And the recruitment, James, is quite strong. Is that when you look at it across the board, they've certainly gone and put together a squad which has MPL experience in it. It's got quality it's from... It's got A-League experience. It's got A-League experience with Daniel Bowles. It's got players who excelled at this level last year, including Yuta Hirayama, who I believe won the Golden Boot from memory. So they've gone out and recruited extensively. They've got quality in who can excel at this level. They give themselves the best possible chance. Just remains to be seen if it's successful or not. It will take yeah, a while to chill look, as well. It's a whole new team. But that being said, you look at their departures, and there's nobody that it feels like they haven't set out, like they haven't gone out and replaced. And they have lost quite a few, like fairly recognisable name players. Obviously, Alex Simmons, the striker, still got a couple of players coming in there to replace him. We've got Adam Sawyer for one, um, and the one player that I think could actually be tougher than expected to replace is young fullback Reese Gray who really I would say acquitted himself quite well towards the end of the season for Brisbane City he's now with the Brisbane Raw youth but overall this is a side that has been assembled with one goal in mind and we will hear from Daniel Bowles a little bit later on um, yeah so obviously Brisbane City a whole lot to look forward to uh, out at Newmarket and obviously the big question is can they live up to expectations because that's going to really determine their season. They're going to have a target on yeah. their back too, James. They're the team everyone's going to want to beat. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on. Holland Park Hawks, the uh, Football Queensland transfer centre there. We've got a few interesting players coming in. Obviously, we've got Junji Yasuda from Kumara Colts. He uh, would have worked with uh, Steve McDonald, who is now coaching Southport. Uh, but I'm not 100% sure if he was actually part of the... Um, FFA Cup run for Coomera a couple of years ago. But either way, they've brought in some players with experience in this competition. Yossi Bellas from Logan Lightning and Giorgio Anastasi. Anastasi, yeah, I completely botched that name. I'm very, very sorry. That's the first one. Better you than me. That's all I'm going to say. You know when you get halfway through the name? 
Yeah. And you know when you just get those na- halfway through certain names and you're like, did I botch a previous syllable? Anyway, Holland Park, obviously last year they weren't great. I think that's not going out on a limb to suggest. Can they get? Can they be any better in 2021, Scott? Well, they're a stable squad, aren't they? You looked at the transfers and it doesn't appear they've made a great deal of change, which could be a good thing in terms of continuity. They've got a, a good young striker, Andoni Kalouris, who scored eight goals last year in the competition. So, And he looked quite good in a couple of games where I managed to see a bit of Holland Park play. So I think they've got some decent players there, but it's going to be probably another season more or less about where they've been pushing for mid-table and hoping to to finish in the mid-pack, James. Yep. Adam? Yeah, with uh, three relegation spots online, the FQPL2, I, I don't think they can really sort of drop off um, any stage. They, they're they probably going to be sort of in that in that fight, but they're, they're certainly got... They're capable of finishing in mid-table and sort of relative safety. Um, like I said, it, it, is a, it is a club that has produced some you know, really, really talented players over the years. Um, and by my own stretch of imagination... That this is a you know, this is as strong as those as clubs in the past in their BPL days. But um, yeah, look, they, they've got they're capable of um, of you know getting of being safe. But if they sort of have a drop off like they did last year, um, yeah, they just want to be careful of that. Well, we will hear from Danny Gnidich, the coach of Holland Park, later on as well. He was gracious enough to give up a little bit of time for a phone interview and. That's going to be something that I feel like quite a few clubs are going to be going through this coming season. Is They're going to love being able to play the underdog as well. So that's something to keep an eye on for Holland Park. Scott, did you have anything else to add there? No, I think you're right. They are going to be an underdog in a lot of games, but certain teams do enjoy that. And I'm sure that it is a bit of a split in the league, isn't it? There's the top four, five, six teams, and there's everybody else. And I think they'll all be fighting for that spot just at the top of that second pack. That's where Holland Park will be aiming, I think. Definitely. Okay, let's move on. Ipswich Knights. Uh, another coach we'll hear from a little bit later, Andy Ogden. Um, there's probably one piece of uh, recruitment that leaps out right off the bat for me there. Daryl Budabarton, the striker formerly of uh, Ipswich Grammar and Western Pride. Phenomenal talent. Uh, capable of... Well, I've seen him turn a few GPS matches on their head. And I actually could see him as being one of the unheralded breakout players... Uh, of the competition this year, yeah, um, yeah. From what from what I've uh, sort of seen, limited sort of play, you'd obviously be a bit more familiar with them uh, calling a lot of um, a number of Ipswich Grammar's games. But um, yeah, look, uh, Ipswich Knights—they're a team that you know again. I think they would be aiming for a better finish than they did last season. I think um, also Matt Haspels comes across from uh, Western Prides. So that's two players that have come uh, that will jump. Across the vibe for the uh, for the Ipswich derby, but um, yeah, they they look like a so a steady team. Um, one player that I know I'm uh, very 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 um, sort of fond of as a player is, is Lucky Joe. Uh, we saw him last year in the derby. You know, some, uh, he's a phenomenal sort of talent. You know, very exciting player, and he, so he's back for another run this year. And um, yeah, look, I think Ipswich could at least you know be in that reckoning for p- potentially finals football. Um, just a bit of behind the scenes stuff uh, Scott and Adam may have just seen me losing my mind silently because uh, I was just looking through the Ipswich Knights fixture list as well the first derby of the year Friday the 14th of May I'm at a wedding that weekend of course 
Okay, Scott, what are you expecting from uh, Knights? <laughs> well, I missed a great game because we're winning a few weeks ago. That's a, whole, that's a story for a whole other podcast. <laughs> but to your point, I think it's a pretty solid squad. They've added a couple of players. They've unfortunately lost a couple of key players out of their starting lineup with Michael Morrow and Jack Cabassi. But I do think they've got a pretty good base of the squad. Their Lachlan mum was really good last year in the front third. So I think maybe, if you're right, James, your information about the young kid coming over from Western Pride, adding to that could be a really good thing. But I think they'll be there or thereabouts. I, I think they'll probably still be the best team from Ipswich this year. There's a lot of work for Pride to catch up after Knights beat them pretty handily in both occasions. I think there's a chance they can make finals if, if everything clicks for them. But I do think they're going to be a really good side in this competition this year. And they'll take points off teams above them, which could cost somebody down the line. Absolutely, and uh, if it's nice, just for the record last year, 20 matches played, 30 points. They were just four points out of the final spots as well. And two so, from two in the derbies was two really impressive wins. Yeah, the second half of that second derby, not great if you're doing a solo commentary on that as well, but uh, it, was an, it was certainly an interesting night out at uh, Bundamba. You were going to say, Adam? Well, well, I was going to say, one of your favourite places to commentate... Actually, that yeah, that was it. Was good to get out there for the derby as well, um, and obviously being in a raised position as well for that derby. Okay, let's move on. Um, the next side we're going to be covering now, Mitchelton FC. They're another side that is going to be expecting to, if not, you know, earn promotion. Certainly be in the mix right up to and including the final week of the season, and based on their recruitment. They're certainly going to give Brisbane City a good run for their money, and I would not be surprised if Mitchelton uh, turns into uh, turns into the side that um, I'd say I could see, easily see this side finishing top two. Just some of the names they brought in: Trummer Up, uh, Byron Sinnerton, Ramon Close, uh, Nick Mooney from Olympic, and a couple of overseas players as well: Connor McLeod from Germany and Ben. Crivello from Spain as well. So they've actually done some recruiting from overseas clubs. Although, from memory, I think Connor McLeod is actually an Australian who is playing over in Germany's lower division as well. They're probably both like James, but I think these guys are the wild cards. They're the dark horse in this race. I mean, in this race for the, the Premiership, because you mentioned they've recruited some really good players. They've been consistently in the finals for the last couple of years. They've been building and building, a bit like what Logan Lightning have been doing. Now, they weren't getting quite as close as Logan did, but they've been they've been building for this, and I think they will be be quietly confident of a really good campaign. To your point, Chomarop is a really, really good striker who just couldn't get enough game time at Morton Bay to, to satisfy him, so he's dropped back to the FQPL level where they will be able to compete, where he will be able to be a really good option in that front third, and defensively, they were pretty good last year, so I expect them to be right there in the hunt once again this year and I'm not personally going to be surprised if they end up in the top two at the end of the season either James because it's a good squad and they're a, they're a stable club Adam we do have a slight correction yeah and uh, like in my um, interview with Daniel Panisi the coach uh, you'll hear later on he actually confirmed that Ramon Close uh, is no longer with the club so uh, what a spell yeah <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, thanks. I don't know if FQ are aware of that yet, going to their transfer centre. But, yeah, look, um, look, I think Mitchelton, I agree with Scott. I think they are um, a wild card and all this stuff. I think 
third place last year in in the league. Um, they just they missed out on the grand final, losing to uh, Southwest Queensland Thunder in the semis. And I think they'll be looking for a um, sort of a, a better season to improve on that last season. They've been there and about um, in the last couple of seasons. You know, fifth in the inaugural season, fourth, then third. So I guess. Um, the pattern is the only way is up, and uh, yeah, look, I'm looking forward to Tom Marop, um, you know, leading the line for for Mitchell tonight. Like, he was, ex- you know, an exciting player at Morton Bay, and I think now that he's um, sort of, you know, given sort of you know some time to to shine up front, um, yeah, I think you can see. I I, I sort of pity uh, some of the FQPL defences trying to deal with him. Okay, and uh, if any of those FQPL defences are listening. That was Adam. You want to take your frustration out on there, but um, yeah, that's I suppose the big uh, takeaway I got as well. Watching that semi-final last year up in Toowoomba, Mitchelson they finished ten points behind Thunder. Uh, the gap between second and third, they were twelve points off the premiers Logan Lightning. Overall, I feel like Mitchelson were much closer on their day to Thunder and Lightning. No pun intended, of course. Um, and yes, I know uh, that was really, really bad, but that's just the same structure. Thank goodness not in the same league anymore because that's finally out the window. Stop talking about that. I know. I, I actually, I still actually have one big regret from the grand final, which was not getting in a storm pun. So, unfortunately, that was uh, all I could really do. Um, yeah. So, Mitch, what I was trying to say there was, I do think Mitchy will see themselves as much closer to Thunder than that 10-point gap that was between them last season. So, certainly, you know, one of those clubs that is going to be in the mix all and the pushing noise, for promotions. Sorry, all the noise, James, has been about City, Rochdale, Thunder. No one's talking about Mitchelton. They're flying under the radar. Oh, I think some of the clubs are very, very aware what uh, Mitchelton, what sort of threat yeah. Mitchelton can be. But... Yeah, certainly uh, going to be one of those clubs that will be there or thereabouts. One of those other ones that you mentioned there, Scott, Rochelle. Why don't you take us through them? Well, again, they've made some massive moves over the off-season. There might have been a little bit um, bit of reaction to what happened with Logan Lightning, their near and not-so-dear neighbours getting their promotion to to the MPL men's, and they've gone out and recruited pretty extensively, haven't they? they brought back a couple of players who've played for the, for the club as juniors, guys like Liam MacArthur, Cooper McCormick, and Kay McDermott, three really good players from the MPL. The, the latter, two of them from the Raw, one from the Strikers, but they're three really good young players who will no doubt help them. They've brought a couple of players in from Interstate, Sam Rigard and Rob Gerard from Launceston in Tasmania, Tom Jebber midfielder from the MPL WA. So they've gone out and added a lot of players to the side, and based on what I've seen of their results in prison, it seems like it's working quite well, so... We know Rochdale's a massive club, James, in football in football here in Brisbane. They've been, they were a, con, a perennial contender in the old Brisbane Premier League. They haven't quite hit the heights in the FQPL yet, but this squad looks like it's built to very much challenge, and I think they have a really good chance of finishing the top of the table, actually, if it all clicks, because there's a nice mix of experience and youth there. Yeah, look, if, um, if there's a side that... That will knock off. That could knock off City from getting promoted. It is Rochdale. They they have recruited very well. Some, you know, as as Scott mentioned, some very good young players in Liam MacArthur, Cooper McCormick, and Cade McDermott. Um, all MPL experience, but also as well, I like their I like their experienced players as well. Um, Scott Coulson, Toddy Norris, and Alex Warlow as well. So. 
Look, they, they are a side that, you know, certainly if it doesn't click for City, they may uh, be the ones. Yep, definitely. Uh, Rochdale, I'm got, yeah, I, I, pre- I think you two have pretty much covered that there. Uh, they've also got a brand new clubhouse out there as well, which I'm looking forward to getting out and seeing. Uh, Scott, yeah. I'm sure you'll be happy to make the trip out there as well. I would be happy to make a trek out there to Rochdale Rose. I'll be doing so incognito, given some of the junior battles I had with that club over the years. But it is a great new facility they've got out there, James. We've seen, we've seen a few clubs now rebuilding their f- facilities. And I think Rochdale got a really good grandstand out there now. And it looked really good, actually, late in the year when they had some big games there at, at Underwood Park in terms of the... The crowd there—it looks—it's a much better seating arrangement for everyone there now. Though they got a big crowd for the Logan game, they played the Raw there in a pre-season game, got a big crowd, so they're getting some use out of that new facility out there, and it looks really good. Yep. Okay, let's move on. Souths United. I'm—I'm I'm not sure what to make of uh, Souths this coming season. Obviously, tenth last year with just twelve points. That's got to be a side that is going to be very, very worried about going down uh, as part of the drop to FQPL2. And we haven't heard too much from them so far this season. So, Adam, what are we going to be getting from Souths United? Um, yeah, look, um, they're, they're an interesting side as far as there. We don't don't know too much about what they've been up to. Um, some very light recruiting uh, there. But, um, look, I think they're a side that could... Um, they could struggle this year, I think. Yeah, I think that's pretty much the only way you can really sum that one up, Scott. Well, they've got the slogan, get excited, watch South United, but there hasn't been much to get excited about there for the last couple of years because they haven't really hit the heights since they joined the FQPL in the last couple of years. The recruitment, it's interesting. The transfer says David Salin is there for me, so he'll help the defence, but the loss of Alex Krusic in the front, third, he was a real talisman for them, so I'm not sure where they're going to be this year. I think... If they can manage to stay in the FQ, I think that's a good result for them. Yep. And another side that will probably just be competing for survival this coming season is last season's last place finishes, Southside Eagles. Just two wins and four draws from their 20 matches. Uh, just 22 goals scored. Southside Eagles, Scott? Yep. Anything? Oh, it's very quiet, isn't it? I'm not too sure what to expect from them. They've lost a couple of players as well. I know Tim Morgan has moved to Kapalabar in the MPL men, so he was a real leader for them last year. He's gone. I think it's a bit of a new new team there. They've got a new coach from memory, so it could be a bit of a starting from scratch for them. I think that, again, like South, they can manage to stay in the FQPL. I think that's a win for them. Yeah, it looks like um, yeah, the new coach, Claude Capelli, um, he, he's uh, recruited from uh, where he knows. He's brought five players over from Tawong where he was last season. I think that's going to be sort of the basis of um, of the team for Southside Eagles. Um, but yeah, look, I, um, I don't know if it's going to be enough. I, I think I, they, they will clearly sort of, you know, probably the, the um, least experienced team last season and yeah with three places to go down it may be um, it may be tough for them to survive but like survival may be for them um, and that may be the ultimate goal yep and look it it's all well and good clubs I suppose just knowing where their ceiling is and look for Southside Eagles if they can just show something that's got to be considered. Uh, a little bit of a moral victory as well because they have so much uh, so much of an unknown quantity as well and I'll be interested to see what uh, 
yeah, Claude Capelli does. Obviously, they were running um, trials earlier in the season. So I think they know they've got to get stronger. I'm just not sure how strong they're going to be able to get. Okay, moving on. Next team, Sunshine Coast Fire. Much like their NP- uh, not much like the NPL women's side uh, up there for Sunshine Coast Wanderers, um, this side is going to be a fantastic uh, referendum on the strength of the Sunshine Coast Premier League because quite a lot of their new players have come from uh, the local competition up there, Scott. They have, but they have added one player who has got a bit of pedigree band, Reese Stolton, who's played for the club in the past, and he's a really good player. American-born, but has play, pl- come over to the Sunshine Coast, did pretty well for them in the back end of the QPL years from memory. Then he went over to New Zealand and played in the Premiership over there. So he's a good player. I think he can add to that squad. We saw last year Sunshine Coast really blooded a lot of young players in that squad. I, I think they've retained most of them, which would be is a good thing for them. And if that's the case, maybe they can start to sort of push up a little bit from where we've seen them sliding over the last couple of years. It was pretty evident, the fact that we saw, we've known for a while they needed to be relegated from the NPL for their own sake and I think last year they found their level at the F- in the FQPL and it might be a bit of an uptick yeah, this the one, year. I think the one James sort of, uh, of I guess moment Adam? of note for Sunshine Coast last season was they were the team that cost uh, South West Queensland Thunder the uh, premiership with you know, a, a stunning win um, late in the season but uh, yeah look I, I agree with you Scott the player that I'm most interested in seeing is Reese Dalton um, and, and yeah he, and Besides that, yeah, relative unknowns as far as as we're concerned. I'm sure anyone that's got some experience with the Sunshine Coast League will be familiar with a lot of these players. Um, yeah, again, again, I think it's a case of survival. Survival would be probably the main aim. I'm not. I'm not sure if they've got enough. Um, they've got enough in the locker to sort of you know, challenge for the premiership. But but look, yeah, um, they they seem to be building something Sunshine Coast as a long-term project as far as their junior development goes. So it might be a case of, you know, they need to they need to lay low and give experience to some of these younger players, and you know, maybe in a year or two time, that's when we'll see the best of them. Mm. Unbelievable goal from Harrison Bowen to cost the Thunder the Premiership that day up there. A 250k trip, one direction. James, I'll forgive Thunder for not exactly being at their best on that on that one. It's a long trip, isn't it? It's probably the longest one that you're going to find in any of the football Queensland competitions yeah. across the board. From yeah, we... from Kawana all the way to Toowoomba. Yeah, and look, I yeah, I, I will maybe eventually learn a little bit more about the Sunshine Coast competition when I get my beachfront mansion up there. Doesn't hurt to dream, right? You can play in that competition, maybe. <laughs> Reserves. We'll Reserves. There we go. All right. Um, the aforementioned Southwest Queensland Thunder, they were an awful lot of fun to watch last season as well. And to be honest, I actually really like their chances of uh, earning promotion this season. They're probably... Well, I don't want to give too much away, but I do really like what we're going to be hearing uh, from up in Toowoomba, mostly because among all else... Above all else, they've been able to keep that Italian duo of Mirko Crociati and uh, Paki DeVita. They were leading the grand final uh, last season until they just ran out of legs, perhaps because they had a very long bus trip down to Parc de Paris on a Friday afternoon in November. Uh, but overall, like this is a side that has largely just solidified rather than strengthened. And to be honest, I'm expecting big things out of them because... They do possess one of the most unique home field advantages in 
uh, the entire competition. And I don't see why they won't be, if not top of the table, yeah, then look, probably uh, hosting, at the very least, the hosting a semi-final for a number of seasons across the competitions they've played in. And it was, actually, it was good to see them last season actually getting uh, wins on the board. And um, Clive Berghofer Stadium needs to be a fortress for them if they're going to be any chance. As far as sort of strengthening goes, I'm not so sure about that. I think um, losing Joe Scott to um, to Morton Bay, who was you know, an excellent sort of prospect on, on the wing, um, as well as uh, Pierce Clark going back to MPL Victoria. Um, I think, yeah, it's, it's a more rounded side, but um, yeah, Crociati and Davida, I think, are two key players for them. As long as they're in that squad and playing consistently, uh, Thunder are a big hope to be not only in the um, finals race, but also potentially promotion. Okay, Scott, um, before I get your thoughts on the Thunders squad, <laughs> what's the one thing you have to remember to take when you're commentating a match in Toowoomba? Yeah, you have to, you have to, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. For those, yeah, for those of you tuning in, uh, may not be aware, I had Scott join me in the commentary box for the FQPL season opener last year up in Toowoomba. It was a great time where, to get a cold and a flu, wasn't it? Yeah, about a month before COVID really took off. It was great when you, uh, sounded like a six pack a day smoker. <laughs> Uh, Patty and Selma off the Simpsons. But, yeah, it was about 17, 18 degrees, raining sideways, and Scott shows up in a polo shirt. To be fair, when we in Brisbane, it was a great day. It was like 30-odd degrees, and it was sunny. So in my defense... Anyway, back to the point about the Thunder. <laughs> You're right about the home ground advantage, James. If they made it count last year. They're going to have to do it again this year. And in that round one clash, we did commentate. We spoke to a couple of officials from the Thunder, and they were adamant it was going to be a really good year for them. Pasquale Davida didn't play that day, but he was warming up and he was desperate to get involved, so that was a great sign. And we saw very early on in that game, James, what an impact Mirko Crociati was going to have on that side. Defensively, he reshaped and revolutionised that back line. That was the problem for him in their NPL days. It looks a darn side stronger now. Adam's right about the loss of Joe Scott. I think Wil- Wilfred Phillip, they picked up from Redlands United, should give him a different sort of option in the front third, which could be interesting for them. I think I don't expect them to slide very far either, but perhaps the biggest addition they've made yeah. is I believe they've got Mike Mulvey up there as a technical director in their youth setup, which is absolutely essential for a club like the Thunder, who, let's be fair, do struggle to attract players up to the range to play unless they're from that part of the world. So for them, youth development and bringing players through from that region is essential to any future success they plan on having. So having Mike Mulvey there to oversee that program and to assist in bringing through the next generation of players in that part of the world. I will say one thing as I think well, it's a really, really even though they lost Pierce Clark, they certainly signed a very capable sort of replacement, Jace Hudson from Western Pride as well. So um, like they, they, will lose, they will lose somewhat from Scott and uh, Clark going, but their replacements are not that bad. Definitely. Um, and I would not be at all surprised. I think I've said this about f- four clubs so far. I would not be surprised if we see them in the grand final. They're not going to slide anyway. very far, if at all, are they, given what we saw from them last year. They're still as strong as they were. A couple of tweaks around the edges, it's not going to make too much of a change. They're still going to be right there, and they could find their way back to the MPL at the second time of asking because they were unlucky not to do it last year. Yeah, and, that's, and look, they were so close to winning that grand final. It was 87th minute... Uh, equaliser from Jed Brown from memory and look it was a long season for everybody I remember even like back in early October some of the players were saying they're starting to 
not uh, Southwest Queensland, but um, just across the entire NPL competition. Some of the players were saying like they were starting to feel a pinch of essentially twelve months of non-stop training. Um, and yeah, you could just see them uh, run out of legs, and when they were trying to lift to close down that deficit in extra time, they just couldn't uh, do it. They did have a couple of uh, harsh non-penalty calls go against them as well, but let's not re-officiate uh, that. Let's move on to Western Pride, and I suppose the best way to sum up uh, Western Pride, they've lost quite a few uh, fairly strong players. I think they're going to be competitive, but a clear step below the cream of the crop this season, Scott. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate, James. The first thing that Western Pride need to do, it's been a, a big fall from grace for them, hasn't it? Three years ago, they were winning the grand final in the NPL men's competition. Now they're not even, by ladder position, the best team in their own region anymore, with Ipswich, Ipswich Knights re- taking it to them last year and really, really proving a point that they have, ta- they have stepped up. Western Pride have some work to do in catching up that gap, but I do think a couple of handy additions from Peninsula Power. Jake Reesby in goal will be a really solid goalkeeper for them, and he's a goalkeeper who could start for a, a plentitude of teams in the NPL men's competition, so they're really lucky to have him in goal for them this year. And young Byron McLeod's played at Redlands, played at uh, Peninsula Power, been over to Spain, I believe, as well, so he's a young player with some pedigree, so I think they've added a couple of young players there, but for Western Pride, we know for them, a lot of their a lot of their player pathways, players coming through, so I'm looking forward to see who they've got coming through their 20s. And that's where I think if they're going to make a step forward, David, it's going to be some of their young players. Yeah, I agree. That, take, um, yeah, that while that um, Jake Reesby um, adds a lot of experience, uh, he can't do it on his own. And, um, yeah, you got you got to hope that, you know, a couple of pl- the, the, the young players that are coming through uh, the grades, I think hopefully can step up because otherwise they might find themselves in FKPL 2 next season. I think they've got a little bit too much quality to drop, but if they do happen to perform, if they do struggle, that then they certainly would be... I feel like they're closer to the drop than they are finals, but um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting season out there. Obviously, we do have to give a quick plug as well for The Pit, one of the most determined active supporter groups in all of uh, the Football Queensland competitions. Yeah, Liam might not talk to us after this. I've said there's, there... Um in the shadow of Ipswich Knights and Adams so they could get relegated so we might leave um, negotiations with Liam from the pit to you James I think I think, oh, I, mean, also, I don't think they'll be I don't think they'll be in the relegation rates I think there's no. there's three or four teams who are worse than them on and paper that's, yeah, to and me look, and to, um, but I'm not sure they're going to take a step yeah, forward like I said I'm not tipping them to be like... uh, relegated I'm just saying that if if they serve they've a bad run of results and they could find themselves in awful trouble to a point where obviously with three teams no, no, no. Beep, 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 <laughs> no, no, like I said, no. I, I, look, I, I think they're, I think they're, they're a classic mid-table team. Backing I up I, there. I agree that they're probably closer to dropping closer to finals. But, yeah, look, to Scott's point, I agree. There's probably some teams that are probably would be a lot more worried than they would be. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's the thing. With their side, as they're currently constituted, for all we know, they could go and announce another half dozen signings or something. If if they do, then uh, big thanks to the uh, media manager out there for the heads up. But um, yeah, I do I do honestly believe that Pride ceiling is probably fifth place, maybe fourth, if everything goes well for them. I just don't think they have that true top line uh, 
level of competitiveness in them. Losing you uh, to Hiroyama is going to hurt as well to Brisbane City. He scored well, a lot of their yeah, goals yeah. last year. Hiroyama, that's a big Sawyer, void to fill. Hudson, Orford. Yes. Um, who else is there? Uh, Matt Haspels. Yeah, you know, that that's five five players there that you know that really sort of they they're going to miss. Speaking of departures, there is one big story for uh, Wynnum Wolves, and that is the departure of Max Mikola, who was far and away the best player in that team last season. Lions saw just how good he could be and decided to promptly snap him up. So that's really not great for... Um, that's really not great. Just That's all we can say. That's what the gold line does, James. They go and snap up the best talent they can possibly find. They've got a great one in Max Mikola as we saw in the round one of the MPL men's because he was quite good for them against Gold Coast Knights. But it's not just Max Mikola who's gone. It's actually that front third that's been dismantled because because Carlton Westerdale has gone to Redlands. Tariq Hamad has gone to Kapalabar. So that's pretty much the players who led that front line last year and were really made that team a really fun attacking team to watch. They got, they got their results in the second half of the year after lockdown. They were probably one of the most informed teams in the competition at that, after that point because they started really slowly and it was on the back of that front third and it's gone now and I'm not sure how they're going to replace it but it's it's I think there's going to be a step back from Wynnum Wolves this year Yeah, I think I the, the tail for Wynnum Wolves is that front appearances. three losing that front three is going to hurt them and it's it's ironic that one round in the MPL Max Mikkel arguably the player of the match for Lions on, on Saturday night against Gold Coast Knights um, Carlton Westerdale scored the equaliser for Redlands United versus Morton Bay, and um, and Tariqa Hamada also got on the score sheet um, up at Ballinger Park. So the three guys are doing it uh, that were doing it well last season for Wolves are actually succeeding in the MPL after one round. So that's going to really hurt them. And I think yeah, it's it, oh, we don't we're not sure who their replacements are, what replacements are. We haven't heard much about that, but um, but yeah, it might be a tough year for Wolves and certainly finals football. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen from this season unless they recruit big, you know, in the next few days. Definitely. And uh, I could be wrong, but this could actually also be the 100th season for Wynn and Wolves as well. So hopefully they can uh, pull something together for their milestone season. But I will say one thing that I will remember about Wynnum's uh, 2020 season they played in possibly the best single half of the entire season last year uh, when they took on Logan down at Cornubia Park. I, w- I was out of breath about half an hour in, and it felt like I'd only watched about five minutes. The way both of those sides just went for it on attack, and I would not be surprised if Wynnum just says, all right, if we're going to lose, we're going to lose 5-4 again this year. So we could see we could be in for some entertaining clashes out on the Bay side. They were okay. side to watch, weren't they? Going forward, they were a yes. really fun side to watch. Hopefully that DNA continues with whoever they've got up there this year. I have no doubt that it will. Now, we're not going to do our full ladder predictions for FQPL1, but I do want to get a couple of predictions from the both of you about this coming season. So we're going to start off with... Who are the Premiers? Um, who, I still who, think City. will be crowned Premiers? Uh, I think that... Uh... They, they will be absolutely determined, no less, to get back to where they believe that they rightfully belong. That's in the top flight. And, yeah, I, I think not, not, let no one else stop them. But I think they're going to have a few obstacles in the way. Sam? 
Scott, who's going to be the premiers? There was a lot of joy when Brisbane City went down from a lot of a lot of other rival clubs, James. I think yep. that they might get to snicker a little bit longer because I think Thunder might go up as premiers this year. I think they're they're a really solid side, and I think they'll do it this year. They'll, they'll also be hurt by what happened last year by not going up when they probably should have. So I think it'll be Thunder. Right. Well, thanks for that, Scott. I was all prepared to be nice and edgy and actually say that Southwest Queensland Thunder would wind up getting promoted ahead of Brisbane City. So, yeah, great. I, I thought I was really you going out on a limb. You can to say that if you like, or you can predict someone else out of the competition. Be really edgy and predict one of the others to go up then. Okay, uh, my, well, somewhat edgy prediction for the season. Uh, Southwest Queensland Thunder will be premiers. Brisbane City will finish second. However, Mitchelton That's will defeat edgy. Rochdale in the grand final. Yeah, there uh, we go. I think it'll be... Um, Adam, what's City. your grand final I'm not, prediction? I, I'm not going to be too adventurous on that, unfortunately. Okay, Scott? Thunder, Rochdale. Okay, and you're going to back in that one? Uh, I'll be going for the Thunder, why not? Actually... Yeah, why did I? Why did I even think uh, twice? I about think Rochdale will, will beat City. I'm going to go down to the. Gonna be edge, go down to the last day. Thunder will get a result to secure promotion, and then Rochdale next week will beat City in the semi-final. Yep. Okay. Well. So now, no, neither of us are welcome at Brisbane City. Adam, <laughs> you're going to Corporate Travel Management Stadium when required this season. Okay. Good to know. It's, it's, welcome into Wombat, James. I'll, I'll take my jacket this time. It'll be all good. You're going to need about three. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Um, so that's our FQPL1 uh, preview for the season. Now, I'm going to be completely honest. As the host of the Brisbane Football Review here, there's not a whole lot we really are familiar with with the clubs in FQPL2. We've tried to do as much research as we can. But rather than do a club-by-club prediction because there is so much of an unknown element to these sides... Instead, what I'm going to ask each of you guys, yes. and I'm going to lead off with the Mayor of Moreton Bay. Adam, what's the one story you really want to follow um, uh, well, to be in FTPL 2 this sto- season? I think the story will be whether Kabulcha, who have gone out and pretty much you know raided half of North Brisbane, including Peninsula Power and, and Sanford, uh, whether their their ambition um, <laughs> will sort of match their sort of their recruitment and make their way into FQPL one next season because they're certainly a bit like Brisbane City, they've gone hard in recruiting and I think the pressure's going to be on them. They're the I think they're the ones that target on their back with the number of players that they've recruited and experienced. None more than one Cameron Cristani who will captain Kabulcha and uh, Terry Kirkham as their coach. Scott? Well, they've got the facility up there at Caboolture. They've got the coach, Terry Kirkham. They've got the leader, Cameron Cristani. It should be them. For me, it's there's a couple of um, pretty successful and storied clubs in Brisbane who are in this competition. Turinga Rovers and Grange Thistle, who are clubs who people are well familiar with. I'm very intrigued to see how they go. Because I imagine that if Turinga Rovers are firing and they can get themselves into the FQPL1, James, it's it's going to bring back a couple of rivalries with clubs in that competition. So I'm intrigued to see how those two clubs go in particular, even though I agree with Adam that Caboolture is the team to beat. Yep. Uh, the story that I'm actually looking forward to following will be Coomera Colts. Obviously, uh, they made the 
FFA Cup round of 32 back in 2019 with uh, Steve McDonald at the helm. He's moved on. I think a few of the players might have uh, jumped ship as well in that time. Uh, Steve is now coaching Southport in the Gold Coast Premier League. Uh, but overall, yeah, Coomber is going to be a very interesting prospect to watch. Uh, I, I do actually want to share a quick funny story as well. Obviously, uh, talking to Coomera about the um, FFA Cup tie, obviously there were two destinations that every national team was hoping to draw in that round of 32. And it was getting a trip to the Gold Coast in mid-July, because, well, why not? And it was also uh, possibly getting a trip up to the Whit Sundays. So, of course, which two sides wound up drawing against each other? It was Mackay and Sunday's Magpies Crusaders United FC hosting Coomera Colts. So, the two uh, destination You'll clubs managed to... to... Yeah, exactly. But basically, yeah, what I'm looking forward to in FQPL 2 is basically, yeah, can Coomera Colts recapture that sort of magic that saw them advance to the national stage and obviously claim a few scalps on the way as well. So that's going to be the club that I'm looking out for. The remaining clubs, of uh, we've mentioned Caboolture, we've got Coomera, Grange Thistle, Magic United, uh, Gold, another Gold Coast-based club, uh, North Star, and you've also got Sanford Rangers, you've got Turinga Rovers, and Virginia United. So hey, those are the Star? eight... I did say okay. North Star. <laughs> I, can, um, I can read. I'm glad I only you're paying attention. To you, to be fair. Yeah, we've not we've noticed after probably what a good hundred and seventy odd podcasts, I'm actually surprised it's taken that yeah. long. In all seriousness, James, there's been a lot of um, like discussion about these sides in their FFA Cup form when they got knocked out a couple of weeks ago. Like, I think six of the eight lost in in round two of cup qualifying. So I think there's a false read in that, given their season starts so much later than what the teams they were playing. Their season started much earlier, so I can see why that kind of happened to a point. I wouldn't be too concerned about. It. I don't think it indicates that the quality of this competition is that low. I think it's gonna. I think if it was all being yeah, equal, look, I, I think, think also as well. I think just overall this competition. I think it's just yep. the fascinating group of clubs that you now ordinarily you know with I've been playing Gold Coast Premier League or the Brisbane Premier League this season. So um, look, other than Caboolture, who have really sort of laid the marker down and saying that you know they're obviously going to recruit heavily and try and sort of really you know go for it. Like there are a number of stories in this uh, competition. Like Sanford Rangers have been basically come up through Capital Four right through to um, where they are now, FQPL2. So it'll be interesting where they go. Um, but yeah, a lot of story clubs like Grange Thistle and Taringa as well, who you know have been BPL stalwarts for a very long time, seeing how they go in a football Queensland Premier League. But overall, it's hard to read re- it for them, but I think that that's the beauty of it. Yep. I feel like a month into the season, we're going to have a much better read on what a lot of these clubs have to offer. But the thing that really jumps out off the page for me is these, like they all showed some form of ambition to enter the FQPL too. And I feel like none of them would have entered just for the sake of entering. Like they all would have some sort of design of getting themselves up to FQPL one next season. And eventually an eye on the NPL, uh, whether it's in, you know, one year, two year, five years, whatever, It'll be interesting to see how they all approach their long and short-term futures trying to get out of FQPL too. Because while it is great to see the extra division, no club is going to want to be there for too long. So obviously it is going to be an interesting approach for a lot of these clubs. 
and as you said, yeah, Caboolture put down the I marker, think, but I, think, yeah, I don't think also, it's going to be a foregone conclusion there, by any stretch of well, the imagination, Adam. Once the promotion and relegation begins through to the um, the to the local leagues like the Brisbane Premier League and and you know, the Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast, and Toowoomba, I think I think if uh, in its current guise, I think um, FQPL two will be almost like a transit league where you're either going up and you've got ambition to go to go up into the higher divisions. Or you may be yo-yoing straight back down to um, the, the local leagues. So I think, yeah, it's, I think this season being year one, I think we're fascinating to see. But beyond that, I think this is going to be a very, very interesting league you know, where teams that have ambition are going to push hard and other teams, they might be making up the numbers. Yeah, this is going to be like the transition League 1, League 2 type of part of the pyramid, James, where... Where no no one wants to stick around in League One for too long. You either want to go up to the championship or you're going backwards. I think that's what you're going to see with the FQPL two this year. I think Caboolture have laid down a marker. They've certainly laid out their ambitions pretty clearly on what they expect over the next three to five years. I imagine some of these other clubs will also have similar thoughts, but we'll have to wait and see what happens, James. Because to your point, we we just need to see what happens in the first few weeks to to gauge a full level of understanding of what the level of competition is. Definitely, and it is going to be a fascinating season across all four, and eventually five, Football Queensland senior competitions. You've got the National Premier League men's and women's, the FQPL 1 and 2 in the men's, and eventually the FQPL women's competition as well when that division wraps up. All right, so now we're going to take a quick step aside before we go to our interviews. But before we do that, we're going to bid a quick adieu to Scott and Adam. Um, so I'll yeah, quickly look, I say thank you, Adam. Overall, last chance for a final thought. Yeah, a full pyramid of football at last. And uh, and yeah, look, I wish all the sides the best of luck in the season. And Scott? Yeah, it's been long overdue. Clubs from the Football Brisbane and Lower have been looking for so long for this chance to compete. They've now got it. So good luck to them and we'll see who emerges as the best team over the season. Definitely. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with the interviews. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. All right. Pleased to be speaking with Brisbane City's new signing, Daniel Bowles, on the Brisbane Football Review. Daniel, thanks for taking the time today. Pleasure, mate. Thanks for having me on. That's all right. So, obviously, you couldn't really stay away from the football for too long. What prompted you to sign with Brisbane City? Yeah, I guess, you know, I finished my time at the Raw, um, you know, which I had such a great time at and, you know, achieved, got to do lots of things, you know, that I set out um, to do when I was younger. And I guess, you know, I, my intention was, you know, never to kind of not play football again. It was more just, you know, focus on um my business um, ventures and things like that so you know i guess you know tr- training night times and, and playing on the weekend and not being so full-time as what i've done in the past it really kind of just presented itself nicely and um you know smithy um gave me a call and um you know proposed um you know exciting challenge um in the cha- new chapter that brisbane city have ahead of them and uh, you know it really excited me and you know i just think a club of um Brisbane City's stature, you know, deserves to be in the top of, you know, football in Queensland. So, you know, that's why I'm here and hopefully um, I can help us, um, the club, get back to where, where it should be. 
Definitely. Obviously, you've got your cafes as well that are keeping you busy, and it's glad to see that you're still involved in football. Uh, I don't know if you can give me a direct quote on uh, what Matt Smith said, but how hard did he have to push to uh, recruit you to Brisbane City? I guess, you know, he gave me a call and he, um, you know, he just, he laid out what the club's intentions are and obviously, you know, they want to be, you know, back in the NPL, um, you know, which I think the club, you know, is where the club deserves to be and it's, you know, he just pretty much told me that's what they're trying to achieve. This is, you know, he has a vision for the club in the next five years and it's something, you know, I really could buy into and I think, you know, experience what I have in football I didn't really just want to go to any other NPL team and you know fight for you know an NPL title or you know like a mid-table finish I thought you know it got coming to a club like Brisbane City is there's a lot more to it it's kind of a project in which you know we really want to achieve some great things so that really excited me and I've worked with um, Smithy in the past at the, at the Raw and we have a good relationship so you know we didn't really have to fight too hard I guess <laughs> everything laid out um you know really just kind of got me excited definitely um and obviously brisbane city it's not just the first team one thing that's uh, stood out about the club is they've got a really good academy system as well have you uh t- had a chance to involve yourself to, uh, a little bit with the whole of the club yeah definitely i'm trying to you know involve myself as much as possible and get to meet everyone at the club and you know i haven't been there for a great amount of time but what I have seen so far is the great academy that what you've that you've just touched on in place, and I've seen lots of you know kids running around. I've seen sessions. I've seen you know the coaches doing um, you know coaching seminars and a lot of you know professional development at the club as well. So you know it, it's they do have a great um, you know pathway and a great um, academy in place. So. You know, hopefully I can see more of that in the future, which I you know, plan on doing. And, you know, if we have a lot of um, academy boys in, also in, in the first team now have been at the club for a long time. So it's, it's great to be a part of a club like that. And, you know, hopefully um, we can, you know, get the, the seniors back into the, up to the top as well. Uh, speaking of the seniors, obviously there's been quite a lot made of, you know, City... Uh, dropping down to the FQPL, and you've mentioned that they've got eyes on getting straight back into the top division. Do you feel like there's any pressure on the side to come out and basically make it a one season stay in the FQPL? Yeah, of course, of course, there's pressure because we, you know, that's what, like you said, it's what we want to achieve. It's quite, you know, everyone kind of knows what you know what we're trying to achieve, and at the same time, there's you know, other every other club in the, the QPL would be trying to you know get promoted as well, so. You know, we're not hiding away from the fact that we want to be promoted, but and at the same time, it's going to be super difficult. There's some great teams in the FQPL, and we you know we've played against some in, in pre-season, and um, you know, they've been tough games for sure. And we're, all we're going to do is we have to, you know, work hard. We have, yes, we have a good team, but at the end of the day, if we don't, um, you know, work for every point, work for every result, and really buy into what we're trying to do, then. Um, you know, we, we can't get too far. So, yeah, there's pressure, but um, there should be pressure and um, the boys will um, will step up and embrace it. Definitely. And there is going to be quite a lot of uh, competition in the FQPL this season. How much, uh, I suppose, study have you done on uh, some of the teams that you're going to be playing? Obviously, Southwest Queensland uh, is one name that jumps out. They made the grand final last year and probably be will probably be one of the main challenges for the Premiership this year. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm actually from Toowoomba, so I'm a... You know, a strong relationship with um, 
the Thunder and I know a lot of the boys who play there and the coaching staff so I watched a few of their games last year and I know that they are a good team and um, it's not going to be I think they'll definitely be um, contending hopefully with us at the top with some other teams um, like Rochelle and I've strengthened as well so you know I've, I've done some research and I know Thunder are going to be strong again so they pretty much have the same squad they had last year so you know we're not taking anyone lightly we know this is going to be a very very tough tough season for us and um you know we're gonna to have to work hard and uh, earn, and earn every um, every point definitely i'll certainly be uh, looking forward to seeing how you try and mark packy devita i think that might be a proper fqpl heavyweight clash and i'm assuming you've got uh southwest queensland the trip to toowoomba and clive Berghofer circled on the calendar already do round three. I was already. I was interested to see which round it would be. It's round three, so um, you know, I've, I played many games up at Clive Berg. That's why I played all my juniors for Toowoomba Raiders at the time. So I love playing there. I haven't actually. The last time I played there was a pre-season game for um, for the Roar against Melbourne Heights. So that's the only ever time I've been back there. So I'm really looking forward to going up there and hopefully we can snatch the three points away from which would be bittersweet for myself. <laughs> Definitely. Well, it's going to be a fun season. I just. Well, I want to end with a couple of uh, fairly easy questions, I like to think. Uh, league-wide, what are you looking forward to seeing, you know, from FQPL outside of Brisbane City? Um, yeah, a strong competition, I guess, and a, an even competition. Um, yeah, I think the even, more even the competition, the more exciting each week will be, and um, the more competitive the, the, the ladder will be. Definitely. Um, and what, what do you feel like the story is going to be uh, of Brisbane City's season? Hopefully it ends with us being promoted. That's the end goal. But, you know, I think it'll be a season of highs and lows. Um, and we just have to obviously have more highs than those lows. And um, I think we have a good team. I think we, you know, we should we should really put a strong strong case forward for promotion. And um, But like I said, we, it's not going to be easy. We really have to earn it. So, you know, I think that's going to be, you know, the story of the season for us. And final question, uh, we asked this about everyone at uh, Brisbane City, but how good are the pizzas at uh, Corporate Travel Management Stadium? Well, that's, I'm waiting forward to um, the first game of the season. But I haven't had one of ages. I remember playing games when I was younger there. So, I mean, hopefully they're going to be a 10 out of 10 come Saturday night and it'll be nice up, even after a win. It's probably the, uh, yeah, I'd say it's one of the best pizzas in all of the football Queensland grounds. So I think it's going to be lovely reward for you after your first uh, FQPL game for Brisbane City. Daniel Bowles, thank you very much for your time. Best of luck for the season ahead and looking forward to seeing you running around. Thank you. Thanks for your time, mate. All right, up next is Holland Park on the Brisbane Football Review FQPL season preview and we're joined by the coach Danny Nidich. Danny, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, obviously, last season was a fairly unique prospect for just about every club here in Queensland. How was it for the club? Um, yeah, look, you're right. It was a, it was unique in so many ways, and the fact that we managed to get a full uh, season in uh, in the end is, uh, is a credit to obviously the the governing body and, and all the clubs and the players for for you know making themselves available. So I think it was um, yeah, I'm just uh, you know happy that we were able to do that. Um, you know, we probably didn't get uh, at our club the results that we wanted, but the fact the fact that we managed to get a season through um, is a credit to all involved. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously the squad was one of the youngest in the FQPL last year. What lessons did the team take away from that experience? Yeah, look, I think 
think it's yeah something that you know being young can always be a, a you know seen as a bit of a fallback when perhaps results aren't uh, to the level that you know you would have hoped and you know we know when you're going into the year that we were a young squad and, and expectations weren't uh, all that high given uh, the results from the season before but um, you know there were certain standards and expectations that we had uh, internally around what we'd get out of the year we probably didn't meet those. Uh, particularly towards the end of the year, we had a reasonable start, even um, you know in the early parts after after the COVID uh, restart. But then we did uh, sort of struggle uh, to really get uh, any any results uh, towards the, the second half of the year. And, and um, look at one of the things about being a young group was uh, the confidence and the belief uh, definitely dissipated after a couple of uh, heavy defeats back to back. And whilst we were somewhat competitive. In, uh, in our games towards the back end of the year, we couldn't seem to get over the line. And, and um, I think a lot of our boys were probably looking for the end of the season. But what we get from that is, you know, probably some foundations laid uh, for those players that probably, you know, got 15 or 20 games uh, into them uh, at, at this level. And, and hopefully that's something that holds them in good stead uh, going into the new season. Yeah, and obviously quite a few players, it uh, looks like they've come back for this season. Having that continuity has got to be a big help as well. Yeah, look, absolutely. So, you know, people talk a lot about, you know, recruiting, but I think sometimes, you know, your best bit of recruiting is retention and uh, keeping the players that, uh, you know, obviously formed uh, the core of the squad last year, and that's really important. We've managed to retain the players that we really would, would key for us to retain, and we think we've added... Uh, some some good quality uh, around them as well. Again, we're going to be very young, um, so we did try and bring in um, and target some experienced players, but you know that is uh, always a little bit easier said than done. But uh, we're happy with uh, the squad that, that that's come together, and pre-season is uh, suggesting that I think we'll be um, you know we'll be much improved. But you'd probably say that about uh, the entire league. It's going to be a lot more competitive this year, I think. Well, one player you have uh, added is Giorgio Anastasi. I will apologise if I uh, mispronounce that. I'll try and get that right for round one. What can we expect from him? Yeah, look, Giorgio, we're really excited about bringing him on board. He's uh, he's he's one of those uh, you know players that are probably seen as few and far between uh, at this um, sort of level now, and, and I think across the game, he's a goal scorer. He's a natural uh, number nine, if you like, uh, even though he may not have the size. Uh, or physical presence, he's, he's quite dynamic and, and someone who's just you know, hungry to score goals and get into goal scoring positions. And uh, he'll complement you know what we have uh, in uh, in attacking areas. Um, given we've got some players that you know perhaps aren't as uh, fluent with with their goal scoring, and hopefully they can sort of um, you know learn a bit from from Giorgio and some of the natural things. I think he's got some instinctive uh, attributes in his game that. Um, you know, like I said, uh, uh, maybe a little bit uh, less frequent uh, in our game these days than perhaps they were, um, you know, in times gone by. Certainly. All right, well, just a couple of general questions to finish up. Outside of your own club, what are you most looking forward to seeing in FQPL season 2021? Yeah, I actually think it's going to be really competitive. Um, I know that a couple of uh, a couple of the clubs um, have, have, you know, really gone out and, 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 and made some signings and let that be known to everyone and, and you know, some, some, some good names, some good quality players and, and you know, a large number of players at that. So um, I think those that are, are pushing for the one promotion spot, you know, probably speak for themselves. But I think around that, probably chuck a blanket over the rest. I'm really looking forward to seeing how, you know, how competitive the division is going to be and, and, and I suppose which teams can maintain 
that consistency and quality over the course of the season um, because, you know, with three teams going down, I think there's probably going to be just as much interest at that end as there is uh, with what will happen up top. But, you know, um, there's always uh, the unexpected um, and, and, you know, we'll see. We'll see who sort of jumps out this year. I think Wolves surprised everyone last year. They made a slow start. that really came home uh, with a wet sail. And, and I know that uh, they might look a little bit different this year as well, given some of the players they've lost. Obviously, the, the boys that um, impacted the league last year have gone on to some, some NPL clubs, and, and that's always good to see that uh, young talent's getting you know the, um, the opportunity and the reward for their performances at, at QPR level. So I think we'll be... Again, seeing some of that, there'll be some young boys at this level that are, are keen to make the step up and, and all will be keen to impress. But I think just the competitive nature of the league is something that um, I'm really looking forward to because I think, you know, I believe we'll be uh, better, but I also think uh, a lot of other teams will be better as well. So, D- Definitely. All right, final question. What's going to be the story of the season for Holland Park? Um, the story is going to be uh, really sort of stepping stepping up uh, to, to, you know, perhaps challenge some of the others. I think, mean, you know, maybe, to be honest, our, our club has maybe seen a bit of an easy beat in the last couple of years. I think so really shaking off that tag is something that really has to be um, a priority uh, for our group and it's something they've, that they've spoken about uh, openly and, and, and the players that have come in have, uh, you know, really keen to sort of address that and not really be part of something that is seen as, you know, uh, underperforming or, or, or not up to the standard. So the club's really put some foundations in place off the field to give it, you know, every opportunity to, to be a competitive club at this level. Um, and, and obviously I'm keen to, you know, uh, my second year now and, and, and keen to sort of um, continue the, uh, the development, the progress that we laid last year. Like I said, I didn't think we improved as much as we believed we would between 2019 and 2020, but uh, I think we laid some foundations down last year that will um, see us uh, hopefully take another step forward in 2021. Perfect. All right. Well, Danny, best of luck for the coming season. Thank you very much for taking the time and looking forward to getting out and seeing Holland Park this coming season. Thank you and and well done on all all the work you've been doing with uh, the local game. Credit to to you and uh, the other boys involved. Excellent. Thanks, Danny. All right, we're very pleased to be joined on the Brisbane Football Review now by the coach of Ipswich Knights, Andrew Ogden. Andrew, thank you very much for taking the time this afternoon. Not a problem. Really pleased to be on the show. Uh, you looking forward to the new season getting underway? Yeah, look, we um, obviously a very disrupted season last year, um, so we're hoping for a, um, a smoother season this year and hopefully all teams can stay fit and healthy and it's a good competition. Yeah, obviously it was a really unique season with a very, very late finish for all involved. How did uh, the club handle everything? Yeah, look, I, th- I think we um, the, the, the playing group we had handled it quite well. We had a few mid-season issues, um, not necessarily to do with COVID, just to do with um, people leaving through work transfers, through injuries, through different things, but all teams go through that. We um, went through a really rough patch, but then we recovered quite well and finished the season reasonably strong. Yeah, uh, are there any lessons you guys can take away heading into 2021? Hopefully we don't have another three-month shutdown, obviously. Yeah, obviously we're, we're looking that that doesn't happen. We feel we've got a, um, a really competitive squad. We've had a few changes um, within the group, but who's come in has made us just as strong as I thought we were. Yeah. Uh, you finished four points off finals last season. How have you gone about closing that gap with your recruitment? 
for I think any anyone is to find that elusive goal scorer. So um, I'm going to put my trust in, in in the two guys we had um, yesterday uh, last year. Sorry, and um, we've also brought in a young guy, uh, Daryl Barton. Uh, he's come over from Western Primary. Huh? He's just turned 18. Um, he scored three already in pre-season, and um, he's just a, a dynamic young kid that I want to work with. So, you know, we're going to probably go with the younger guys. We've still got Lucky Joe, Nicky Edwards, who are both good good guys, you know. And then we've also got D- um, Buddha's brother, um, DJ. So they're our main four attackers. Um, if they can fire and score goals for us, I'm confident we can be right up there in the mix. I actually had a chance to see uh, Buddha Barton running around for uh, GPS last season doing some commentary on that, and that's a pretty solid acquisition as well. Yeah, look, we're, we're, we're really pleased to, to get him on board. He's, he's still got a lot to learn, but he's, he's just a, he wants to be a footballer. He wants to be better. He's away with the Indigenous team at the moment, the Australian Indigenous team, for tomorrow night's game at Power. So that's a nice little feather in his cap to, you know, get amongst those guys and um, have Frank Farina coaching him. Yeah, definitely. It certainly sounds like uh, a very good side as well. Had the chance of seeing Lucky Joe. He played a starring role in the second Ipswich Derby uh, win over Western Pride. You guys swept them last year. I'm assuming that is part of the plan for you in 2021 as well? Oh, look, obviously... You know, Pride will approach the game with a, you know, a must-win attitude. We approach it with a must-win attitude. And to be honest, it's fine margins because in the second game we played them, we actually didn't play as well as the first game, but we won by a greater margin. And, you know, Pride were the, one of the few teams to go out and beat Toowoomba, to go out and beat Logan. So even though we got the wood on them last year, we take nothing for granted. We'll, we'll you know, reevaluate have a look at them as much as we can and they'll have a look at us as much as they can and then we'll we'll put out a team that hopefully can combat their strengths and um, you know we can exploit their weaknesses so but certainly we don't we don't think we're a, a better team better club or anything like that it's just going to be on the day who's who gets the you know the money fair enough um, looking at your squad as a whole do you feel like you've got a specific area of strength at the moment or is it just something like a whole team uh, effort is going to be required I think from last year we've we've um, improved defensively. We've picked up um, two, three, what I consider SQPL, NPL standard defenders. We did lose our captain Jack Capacity to Rochdale, but I feel we've we've strengthened in that area. We've picked up um, a guy called Kalen Fisher Smith. Yeah. Um, well- we picked up. Sorry? Sorry, but you finished there, sorry. Yeah, we picked up Mitsuda um, Masahara. He was at SAS for the second half of the year. He came up from Victoria. And we've also also picked up Nick Piper from Southside Eagles. And I, all of those guys are combined with Ben Barrett, Ben Taylor. Um, yeah, we're very confident that we've got a, a really... And we've, sorry... We've also picked up Matt Haspel from Redlands. Ooh, certainly, uh, certainly building a fairly strong squad out there. Um, just take yeah. a, taking a look outside of your own club, is there anything in particular you're most looking forward to seeing in FQPL season 2021? Yeah, look, I think there'll be a few 
good teams that that will genuinely be up there for the for the full season. I would think Brisbane City, um, with with the I look at Brisbane City and, and think an M- NPL club. I don't think of anything else. Um, obviously, results dictated that they they got relegated. But I look at the the whole structure, the whole academy system, everything throughout the club. They will be desperate to get back up. But it doesn't mean they will. Raystyle are pushing very hard this year. They've signed some quality players, including my ex-captain. Um, Toowoomba are a very good side. Um, they need a little bit more luck or a little bit more depth in at any stage in case. But they, they're capable of get, getting promoted. We played Mitchelton last week. They're very capable of getting promoted. So, yeah, it's going to be going to be interesting. You know? so- and then there's teams like probably like us... You know, like the Winhams, like the Holland Parks. It says people probably don't know a great deal about us. So, you know, we'll go about our business and hopefully surprise a few people and um, be really competitive. Certainly. There's a lot to look forward to in, across the entire league. And if they can build on what we saw last year, a lot of those clubs, we should be in for a cracker of a season. But final question I'll leave you with. What's going to be the story of the season for Ipswich Knights? Well, hopefully... We've got a we've got a, a really young group. We've got probably two thirty year olds in the squad, and the rest are under twenty four. So I'm hoping that we can play a really good brand of football, um, but also knowing that we've got strengths in attack where we can play one ball and we can score. So it's going to be a, it's not going to be we must do twenty passes or ten passes. It's going to be guys go out there, play your game. I'm a coach who likes to give players freedom they're the ones who you know i can give instructions we can have some structure but on the field that split second makes a difference so i like to think i'm going to give my guys enough license to show that they are good players and as a combined unit if we all play well on the day we're a good chance of getting a result so look we want to aim for finals football and um everyone's looking forward to this year um so you know, and we changed our games to Friday night too, which is a, a new thing for us. So the boys want to really work really hard on that Friday night, get a result, and then they've got the weekend free to enjoy it. So that's a little bit of a um, incentive for the guys. Well, look, I'll be honest, a Friday night match would be very motivating for me as well. And just going back to something you said before, I'd, I'd like to say personally, I feel like a 30-year-old can still get it done. Maybe that's just me uh, having a bit of a midlife crisis here. But Andrew, thank you very much for your time today. Best of luck for season 2021 and looking forward to getting out to Bundamber and seeing you guys in action. Okay, appreciate everything you do for the game and um, look forward to the season. Thanks. I'm joined on our FQPL season preview special by the head coach of Mitchelton FC, Daniel Panisi. Daniel, thank you for your time this afternoon. My pleasure. How have you found the, the shorter, shorter normal off-season preparing for the new campaign? The off season's been been um, yeah been pretty good for us so far. To be honest with you, we've taken a completely different approach to years gone by with uh, less games. And years gone by, by now we probably would have played you know eight games or more. But um, we're approaching our third or fourth game uh, this coming weekend, so we've focused a little bit more on um, other parts of things, so that we uh, sort of not peaking at the start of the season, but peaking a little bit when we need to. Um, your FQPL side finished third last season and was semi-finalists. 
Well, last season's efforts spur, spur on your players to go to the next level and challenge for, for perhaps a premiership or even a grand final. recruit well in my opinion this season and experienced NPL players such as Ramon Kleis, uh Chum Arup and Byron Sinaton and to an established group from last season. We're fair to say that you go into the season confident you know, that you can compete with the top clubs in FQPL. That um, Ramon Close left, but um, yeah, that's a, a shame. But uh, for, that, for those who are listening um, who not, don't follow the FQPL as close as they should, which player or players in your group, in your opinion, could start the season? What's that, sorry? Um, which, which players um, in, your, in your squad do you think they could start the season? Very good diplomatic answer. Um, and and finally, hopefully apart from yourself, which other clubs do you believe will be contending for the trophies as well as promotion this season? It's going to, I agree, it's going to be a very, very close competition. Anyway, uh, Daniel, thank you for your, once again for your time this afternoon, and I wish you and Mitchie all the best for the upcoming FQPL season. Thanks very much. Hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you. We preview one of the new clubs in the newly formed Football Queensland Premier League 2 competition. I'm joined by Sanford Rangers head coach Paul Brownlee. Paul, thank you for your time this evening, especially, especially uh, only hours before a friendly match tonight. 
Thank you very much for having me, Adam. Now, for those uh, listening who may not be familiar with your club, are you able to tell us a bit about Sanford Rangers? Yes, mate. Um, Sanford Rangers was established in 19, 1973 at the old ground Harold Brown. Um, we moved to the parklands about 2012 with the facility completed in 2020. Um, we've progressed from Capital League 4 up to FQPL 2 in four seasons. Um, with, with the club's move into FQPL, has the pre-season been any different from previous seasons preparing for uh, Capital League? Mate, I think pre-season's always the same, no matter where you are, no matter what league you are. In, you've got your ideas that you want to try and get out of the friendlies um, and make sure the boys are fit, ready for round one. Um, you had a surprise defeat in the FFA Cup preliminary rounds last weekend. Is this evidence of the shorter pre-season making preparation a little bit more challenging? Mate, um, I think the boys learned their lesson when it comes to playing against older footballers who are very experienced. And um, I think they got taught that you can bully a team um, with your physical presence and we've got to man up to those games. Um, you have a quite quite nice home ground at Sanford Parklands, as you mentioned. How important is it to make it difficult for visiting teams to take points away? If you can hold your own and make your home ground your fortress and not let any other team take any points away, you'll be guaranteed half um, the mid-table, if not towards the top four. So it's very critical to make sure that your home is your fortress. Um, without giving away too many secrets, who are some of the players that supporters and general fans um, around the league should keep an eye out for this season? Mate, we had um, our <clears throat> favourite player, Jack Panther, come back to the club. He was voted um, Capital One Player of the Year last year. Um, he's very exciting to watch in around the box when he's on the ball. Um, apart from that, we've had some good, good guys come to the club and a lot of the good guys stay at the club, so I think... We'll just be a handful of players that um, everyone will be watching, all of the players, not just one or two. Um, other than yourselves, which clubs do you believe will be contending for the uh, FQPL2 honours at the end of the season? Mate, I think there's going to be a lot of the XPPL teams that have that have risen to the next level, like Grange um, and, you know, like Top Dogs. Um, Caboolture are going to be hard to beat with player signings and stuff like that. There's also a lot of clubs that have stayed quiet with player signings, so I think it's going to be a, um, a first round suck it and see and work out who who plays what style of football from there. I suppose with uh, three weeks to go till the season starts, uh, it might still be a mystery as far as what other your other sort of uh, opponents will uh, come up in the way of signings. That's correct, and NPL's getting closer to starting. They've only got two weeks now, so. Um, once they get going and they've dropped all their players, there's still players looking for looking for clubs, and we're always out looking for other players that we can strengthen our teams with. So, yeah, it's exciting times. Anyway, uh, good to talk to you, and thank you, Paul, for this evening. Um, all the best in the friend your friendly tonight, and also for the upcoming season ahead. Thank you very much, Adam, and thanks very much for your time. Yep, no problem. Thank you. That's going to be it for our Football Queensland Premier League special. A big thank you to all the clubs that participated in our interviews, not just for the FQPL special, but the NPL men's and women's ones as well, plus Football Queensland for their help getting all of those contacts set up. 
Uh, it's been a pleasure preparing for the new season. Now we've just got to get through the actual season. Big thanks to Scott and Adam for taking a whole lot of time getting these recordings up and running. Make sure you get out to all your local grounds and support the local clubs. It's going to be a fantastic season ahead. Thank you very much for listening. Stay tuned for our NPL Sunday Spectacular every week during the season. I'm James, and it's been a pleasure bringing this to you. Here's to another great year.